Ever since the first tick-tock of time You brought order to a world undefined Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Our teaching team is made up of men and women who love asking probing questions of each week's scripture portion, to which our community responds with curiosity, courage, and a desire to expand in faith, hope, and love. We follow the Revised Common Lectionary, and we follow the church calendar, because they anchor us in something which can hold us, no matter what life throws our way. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. Cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concern. Concerning, concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who's more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his growling, but the chaff he will burn with the unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. The Herod, the ruler who had been rebuked by him because of Herodias, his brother's wife, and because of all the evil things that Herod had done, added to them all by shutting up John in prison. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Oh, Freya, thank you so much. Great job reading that. Uh, the season of Epiphany, as Ali said, is really a season in the church calendar that celebrates new beginnings. Those moments where we say, oh, yes, I see it. Something that maybe was hidden right in front of my eyes now have become revealed. And New Beginning Sunday is something we've done, I think, every single year on the first or second Sunday in January, and it's a time where we uh, give the mic to Genesis folks to talk about the new beginnings that God has been cultivating in their lives and how they're responding to it. And these new beginnings span the range of experiences from joy to pain, uh, from deconstruction to reconstruction, from uh, identity to everything. And so you're going to hear today uh, from Nate DeBoer and Allie Lee and Rachel Nadell, and each of these three people um, are courageously um, bringing their stories to you. So I uh, encourage you even online to sort of send out some grace and prayers and good vibes. Can you imagine how uh, uh, scary it might be to share vulnerably to your community? Uh, but let's make it a safe space for people. And this new beginning, I want to say that we just heard about from Freya in the life of Jesus and in the life of the children of Israel 
is interestingly marked uh, not only by this appointment of Jesus as Messiah, something that they've been waiting for forever, but it's marked by um, the belovedness, by Jesus being named beloved. Before he's even walked into his new beginning, he's named beloved. And so it's our hope that you're going to see these stories and hear these stories from Nate and Allie and Rachel, and that they'll inspire you into your own new beginnings. But they'll also inspire you to know that even before you're called into a new beginning, you're called beloved by God. And that's true for each and every one of us. Amen. Amen. So without further ado, I'll invite Nate uh, to, to share his story. Welcome, Nate. Thank you so much. Thank you, Steve. Hey, everyone. Oh, boy. Here we are back again on Zoom. Um, new beginnings, in a way, old beginnings in some ways. Um, when I was asked if I'd be willing to do this, I was like, oh, sure. I've probably got like a, a bunch of things I could talk about. Um, by the way, for those who don't know, I'm Nate DeBoer. Um, I'm Cassandra's husband. She's hanging out here, but I'm soloing. Um, and uh, I've been going to Genesis for roughly three years. Some of you may know me as the tech guy, um, tech wizard. Uh, and uh, when Steve asked me, I was like, oh, there's probably a bunch of things I could talk about. And one of the first thoughts I had was, what would be the most productive or efficient thing I could bring up to the Genesis community about what? I and I stopped myself and I was like, oh, my gosh, there's that thing again that I've been kind of struggling with my entire life this lens of how do I succeed through being efficient or productive or, uh, and I've always told myself it's good. It's helpful. It's useful. And then I misuse that lens, especially when it comes to relationship or self-worth. And then I'm left wondering like, why, why is my default that? And so in asking myself the question of what my new beginning was, I think I answered what I need my new beginning to be, which is to really separate this lens from my life. Um, and uh, yeah, just basically try not to analyze and understand everything I'm doing through the context of efficiency, because I mean, I know this being productive doesn't take into account the mystery of the spirit or the depth of emotional awareness or the greater value of rest and relationship. Um, and all those things, when I wrestled with them, I've just ignored them and I've gone into work mode. I've produced, I've done better at school or my job or something. Um, but really that value of self-worth is empty. It never, and I've learned this lesson many times. So, um, I've been broaching this for years, you know, I've, I've known. And when I met Cassandra, she helped me even more so recognize the, the value outside of productivity. Um, and it has been really hard to separate it from my core self. It's been something that, you know, for, I could say all of the arguments I've had in our relationship usually stem from something not being productive enough or not getting enough done. Um, or being successful in that sort of sense. And it's really, it's really misusing that lens that I'm wanting to more and more just recognize in the moment and step away from and say, why and how can I use a different lens, a lens of grace or a lens of thankful, thankfulness. Um, and I, I know why I'm here. You know, my family was work 
ethic oriented. You know, every time we go to a family event, it was, oh, what are, what are you doing? What job are you doing? How, how's your job going? Um, which was really tough on my sister um, because she doesn't embrace the productivity mindset at all, which it, for years kind of separated us. And now I'm finally learning how to mend that relationship through understanding the other parts. She's a four. So like emotions to her, everything. And growing up, I had no idea what that even meant. I was like, Psh, just think about it different. You'll be fine. Um, <laughs> but as, uh, as I go through this, I'm realizing I have this fear, the fear that if I'm not aware of my productivity, if I'm not on top of everything I'm doing, that, that gauge won't let me, um, be successful. It'll make me lax. I'll be procrastinating. I'll, I'll fail Cassandra. I'll, I won't have, I won't fulfill my responsibilities. I'm very worried about that for, for, I guess, no good reason. I, I know why, but it's just, it's at the end, it seems like there's such a better way. And that's, that's just accepting where you're at and that God's with you and God has you. And so as I walk into 2022, I want to separate my worth from my productivity. Um, I don't know how yet, um, but I think so far what I've been doing is just relying on the people around me, people like Cassandra, people like you, as I've gotten to build relationships more and more with the community of Genesis. Um, and really when I think about how God is playing into this, I think she's always been guiding me away from you know, basing my self-worth and success. And every time I have failed in my own eyes, uh, she's always reassured me. Um, and the spirit has even helped me see the lessons in my mistakes when I've applied that lens to the wrong situations, whether it's usually it's relationships. Um, when I focus on the output, I usually miss the value of the connection. And a lot of times I've missed manipulation that I've undergone because I've been so focused on what I'm getting out of it um, from a productivity standpoint. Um, and I guess the, the final thing I wanted to say to you and thank you all for listening is that um, when I've stepping more and more into joining this ragtag community of, you know, spiritual folks that are kind of questioning everything and, you know, try fail learning along the way. Um, in the past, when I've engaged with a spiritual community, I've gauged my faith based on its success. As you can all imagine that's, goes really well. Um, I was a worship leader for a number of years, and I basically always tried to plug myself into the churches I was going to because I wanted to feel like I was doing it right. I felt like I had the firmest foundation I possibly could, the strongest beliefs, and I never found that. And it just led me to kind of hating what I was doing in a sense. And so what I've really appreciated about Genesis is that I can have those questions. I cannot build up my worth in that, in that I'm still fully accepted. I'm still loved for who I am. And I just appreciate everyone's willingness to be there, being themselves, asking the questions, not ever asking me, you know, how my productivity is going, you know, but uh, what I put is last here. Oh, for being the messy, honest and caring group that we are. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, I hope this congregation and this next year can help me see past the idea of success and faith, um, which is why I know I can continue to put away this lens of productivity and really kind of take that next step into appreciating my life. So thank you, everyone.
Um, Nate, you're awesome. Oh. Um, oh, look at you too. Oh. Um, yeah, it's actually kind of fun being back on Zoom and like seeing everyone and seeing all the kids in their natural habitats. It's really cool. And all the pets of Genesis. Um, let's see. So I'm Allie, Director of Kids and Teens at Genesis. And you probably see my face a lot, but as I sat down this week to try and like assemble all the different pieces of my new beginning, like the nerd I am, I came up with a thesis statement. And this is my thesis statement of new beginnings. My new beginning is all about discovering, embracing, and celebrating my truest self, which is like, yay, fun, and like kind of vague still, but as I think about who I was and how I was in my body and the world this time last year, I'm like, whoosh. I barely even recognize the alley of 2021. Like it's kind of been like a caterpillar blossoming into a butterfly or a Bulbasaur evolving into Ibisaur. Like it's still me, <laughs> just a fuller, more expansive version of myself. And the, today I'll share two major reasons why. Um, so the first major reason is, does anybody remember how way back in May 2020, we voted to officially embrace an inclusive and affirming stance of the LGBTQIA plus community in the church? Yes. Woohoo. <laughs> well, much to my surprise, uh, all the questions I didn't know I had and apparently had been suppressing my whole life about my sexuality just erupted into my consciousness after that vote. Because for the first time in my life, I found myself in a space where I could question my sexuality and be loved by God and my community all at the same time. So being the curious human that I am, I questioned it. Um, and surprise, <laughs> turns out my sexuality is not not queer. Um, and so many of you already know this, um, but now we'll all know, yay. Um, but I identify as queer, specifically as uh, gray, asexual, and bi-romantic, which I know like those are a lot of words to describe my sexuality. And I hadn't even heard of them a year ago, but basically, I, just, I discovered that I can experience attraction to men and women in every way but physical. Um, and that's been terrifying and liberating all at the same time. Because as Will and I can both attest, like this is a weird journey to take while you're in a straight and loving marriage. But like what I used to internalize as guilt, shame, frustration suddenly became translated into Oh, hey, turns out my sexuality doesn't fit within the binaries of heteronormity, normativity. <laughs> I'm actually just being me. And that's really cool. I get to celebrate who I am. And, oh, I don't have to go to hell for being myself. Um, and at the same time, like, I noticed some big, weird feelings simmering under the surface of my soul. Anger for one, that every person, theology, and institution that suppressed my curiosity and my questions about sexuality 
growing up through fear and through small, narrow pictures of God. Um, envy is another one. At every person. <laughs> Charlotte's playing with the ball. Hey, let's not sweep that. Um, envy towards every person who got to figure this out before getting married and or had affirming support and empowerment from an inclusive community. Um, and then terrified because I just took out a structurally important Django block and now I don't know if the tower is gonna stay standing or fall apart. Now, let's add on top of all of that, a few months later, unofficial ADHD and anxiety diagnosis. Um, and then all the fun brain meds that come with that. Um, and then, so that was crazy, but also really fun and amazing. Because just like before, what I used to internalize as laziness, immaturity, impulsiveness, disorganization, all these negative narratives I told myself, suddenly became, oh hey, turns out my brain's actually wired differently. And I just need a little more dopamine to help my executive functions function. And turns out there's a lot of cool things that humans with ADHD can bring to the table. And so there is, this whole year has just been this uncovering and discovering and then learning to embrace who I am and not be afraid. Um, and then still working on the celebrating piece. Um, Cause it's hard sometimes. <laughs> Um, but it's been really mind blowing to see the different ways that God has been with me on this journey. Um, I like tried to pinpoint a specific, specific example, but just realized that God's never left my side throughout all of this. And God's just been in the everyday, ordinary little things all along the way. Um, and then, of course, this incredible community of human beings. Um, I just am so grateful for you all and just the way so many of you have gathered around me through this. Um, because this past year has come with a lot of loss and grief and rejection. And through so many of you, it's come with an experience of divine love I never thought was possible. <laughs> uh, Will and Junia are cheering in the other room. <laughs> um, so it's been fun and weird and exhausting year to get to know the self that's buried under the layers of nature and nurture. Um, and it's crazy to think that <laughs> this new beginning is still beginning and will continue to begin my whole life. Um, and so I'm just really excited to continue walking alongside it with you all. Hello, I am uh, Rachel Nadeau, and I have very little voice right now, so I'm going to squeak my way through this. <laughs> my daughter's ear infection turned into swollen vocal cords. Um, so here we are. Um, so I've done this before. I've uh, We were actually leaders at our old church, and my whole purpose was to tell my story because it was a good one. Um, and it brought people to God. Uh, 
But the difference now is um, I'm not going to wrap my story up in that church-shaped box and and put a Jesus-shaped bow on it. I'm going to be real. Um, I swear a lot, so muffle muffle your kids' ears. I'm sorry. And they're just going to come out. (laughs) Um, In order to explain my new beginning this year, I kind of have to start at the beginning. Um, Growing up, my father, and I'm going to pause myself, crying has become my entire personality the last six months. So we'll we'll see how far I can get. Um, Growing up, my dad was a very volatile person. Um, Many of my early memories were him holding a knife to my mother's throat, threatening to kill her. Um, My sister hiding me in the closet. (laughs) Wait two minutes. (laughs) My sister hiding me in the closet to protect me from him. Um, When my parents finally separated when I was around seven, then it became shampoo, rinse, repeat of uh, him, sorry, his dog. It became shampoo, rinse, and repeat of him. Um, Lucy, no. There, Rob's grabbing the dog so I can think. <laughs> Thank you. Um, of him being mad at me for stupid little things. You know, I'd go over to his house for the weekend, and then I'd leave crumbs on the table, um, and he'd get mad, and he'd basically call me a piece of shit, drop me off at my mom's house, and and I wouldn't see him for three, four years. And that was just ongoing uh, for for my youth and into my 20s. And then I um, married my father in the form of my high school sweetheart, which was also a very volatile relationship. Um, He was never violent with me, but he had violent tendencies. tendencies. You know, much of that relationship was me walking on eggshells to avoid his temper. He would uh, lock himself. He would lock himself in a room with a gun to tell me to get out of the house if I knew what was good for me. And so I spent a lot of that relationship clean and, and, you know, trying to stay away from him and just trying to keep the peace. Ooh, I got, sorry guys. So between these two relationships, this led to me building up a lot of walls around myself, or as my therapist likes to call it, I have a fortress around me. Um, I've controlled every action, everything I say, everything I do is very intentional. Uh, My emotions are held, they're guarded, and I'm always working on staying people's good side to protect myself. Um, And this story became my journey. Like it became the journey of God seeing me through the power of unanswered prayers, it became the, the journey of, you know, answered prayers leading me to Rob to like a safe and nurturing and loving relationship. And I was happy and I was at peace and everything made sense. You know, that first half of my life all made sense until it didn't. Uh, then my son began to question his sexuality. 
and church didn't feel like a safe place. Um, then COVID hit and then George Floyd was murdered and then the political climate of the last four years. Um, and the actions and the reactions of evangelicals and conservatives genuinely confused me. Um, and that's when my deconstruction began. Ultimately, we ended up leaving our church, which was like a really big deal because we were heavily, heavily involved in, in um, quasi in leadership. And I grieved that for months. Um, and through this, I can only describe as the Holy Spirit gave me a swift kick towards the direction of Genesis. Um, we had been, uh, we had known of, of Steve uh, back in the open door days and then parted ways and, and no offense, Steve kind of like really never thought of you again. <laughs> and then suddenly just uh, the Holy Spirit or God um, just put, put a light in your direction. And I found myself clinging to podcasts and your guys' online services. Um, and just it just became like this lifeline. And it was almost kind of creepy because like when I when we came for the first time, it was like I knew everybody. We were strangers to you guys, but I was like, oh yeah, there's Pam and there's Steve and oh Allie. Allie's like a celebrity in my daughter's eyes, and she's freaking out seeing her live. And, um, and I just found my anger began to soften and I began on a path to heal and forgive. And then in August, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. <laughs> and for somebody who likes to control everything, whew, it's a lot. Um, all of my control was stripped. It was an ever-changing diagnosis, loss of control of what my life is gonna look like for the next five, six months, year. Uh, what the treatment was going to look like. Um, I decided to have a bilateral mastectomy. And while we had best case scenarios, I didn't know what I was going to wake up from surgery to uh, both, you know, with it going to my lymph nodes, you know, were they going to be able to spare my, my skin? You know, it, we just didn't know. And then my, um, my emotions through the diagnosis and leading up to treatment became a huge pendulum swing, which was like a really new thing for me, um, having guarded them for so much. And so one minute I'd be in the car screaming until my voice went raw, much like right now. <laughs> um, the next minute I'd be crying, the next minute I'd have big joy and I'd be going for walks and spinning and twirling on paths. Um, and it was just, I felt out of control with them. Um, and then lapses in my memory, again, for somebody who likes control, for over and over again after this, uh, people bringing up things to me that I said or did or sent naked pictures to. <laughs> uh, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was a lot to deal with. <laughs> so, to get to the actual point of this, what's my new beginning? <laughs> all of it. It's all new um, between 2020 and 2021. The building blocks of who I am have been knocked over and I am slowly stacking them back up. My physical health, 
Uh, my body is different now. I have nerve damage, lack of sensation. I'm rebuilding lost strength and muscle tone. Um, I'm on hormone therapy for five years, which has its own slew of side effects. Um, how I eat, something that was broken in my, some, something's been broken in my body long before cancer. Um, I have are, been sensitive for years. Um, and that comes in form of hives, rosacea, joint pain, inflammation, mood swings. We have celiacs in my family. And so now I'm making steps towards a more plant-based diet to, to heal my body and further prevent further damage or disease. My self-image, um, I'm adjusting to what's different in the mirror. I'm mourning a loss, but yet embracing anew. And I'm also giving myself grace in a way that I was never able to before. I'm also in a space for the first time in my life, not, not giving a fuck what people think. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Hence my haircut. Yeah, like chopped it all off. I don't care. I'm doing what I want. Um, mental health. Um, I'm a new beginning with that. I'm letting go of this illusion of control. Um, I have heightened anxiety in some places, but um, healed anxiety in other places. My emotions are new. Um, I actually feel them now. I've become sappy and grateful and everything makes me cry. I'm also feeling joy in my daily life for the first time in my life. Um, my work, so through all of this, um, I've actually been working on a, a, a business merge. I've been a freelancer for 14 years. Now I'm merging my business, so I'm, <laughs> So that's been a transition, an exciting and wonderful one, but a hard one. Um, me to we, that's, uh, I've, I've let people in and I've become fully vulnerable with them. And once you open yourself up to that, it's really hard to step back in that box. And, and I don't want to, um, I see the deficits in that now. And I, I didn't realize they were there before, but I see it now. Um, my faith, what it actually is, where is God's role? And I'm even exploring things outside the confines of Christianity. Um, right now, the devotionals and things that used to bring me comfort kind of make me dry heave a little bit. Um, what I do know is I am at peace when I spend time in a reflective, prayerful, and meditative state. So for now, I'm just going to keep showing up work uh, working on rebuilding what my faith looks like and what the rest of my life looks like thank you wow rachel thank you so much for that um ali thank you nate thank you i just want to give ourselves a moment just to take a deep breath in and let it out. Allie, Nate, and Rachel, thank you for allowing us to first of all, hear your stories and the incredible vulnerability, and also to carry your stories with us. And now they're part of our stories. Hope you know that, that that's true. Sharing your story with a community weaves your story into the community in a way that um is irreversible and irrevocable so thank you so much um 
my hope is Nate, Rachel and Allie, that you will know just like Jesus in this scripture, that God's heart towards you is this, you are my son, you're my daughter, you're my child, you are the beloved. With you, I am well pleased with who you are just as you are. With you, I am well pleased. Uh, that's my hope for each of you and my hope for all of you and me. Nate, when you were talking, I was like, why did you create craft this talk exactly for me? That's unfair. <laughs> Productivity, efficiency. What would it look like to live a life of belovedness instead of that? Whew. What an invitation. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you now. If this is your first New Beginning Sunday, you now know why it's one of our favorite times of the year. Um, thank you. Endings are a place where life is thank you for listening to the Genesis West podcast. If, if you, you find, find yourself, yourself nearby, nearby on Sunday, we'd love for you to join us for worship. We meet at Elam Church Center in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. If you, if have, you have any, any questions or would like to connect with us, please visit us at www.genesiscove.org.